You're listening to Established, a podcast at Chess Mountain Church. What's up, y'all? This is your host, Kelsey, coming at you live with my co-host, young reverend Brandon himself, Wow. also known as BB, because you don't get to have an adult name, and we've been over that. That's fine. But That's more fun. importantly than the two of us, more important, much more importantly, we have a special guest with us today, our good friend Abigail Sloan in the house. Woo-woo! What's up? Hey. The better half of the Sloan household. So true. Easily. So true. Easily. <laughs> Brandon won't make it on the podcast. No. <laughs> but the the brains of the operation is here. So true. Glad that's to be That's why we brought her in for a topic. <laughs> She's got her coffee. She's ready to go. Yes. A quiet moment with coffee, you know, it's just nice to drink some hot coffee for a second. So With no kids around. Yes. Amen. Wasn't a problem coming, guys. Well, Kelsey's here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, every time I'm around this building, I was going to say y'all, but this building in general... There are just a presence, a looming presence of small children. So it's everywhere. The fact that Something in the to, water. I get to share moments with y'all without little miniature voices around. It's just, it's rare. So let's soak this up. Let's take it in. Let's enjoy it. Definitely yeah. a rare moment. Just maybe a moment of silence. <laughs> More rare for y'all than for me. I have nothing to complain about here. <laughs> I love it. Well, we are excited and I'll say we just dive right in talking about the doctrine of the attributes of God. This is week four from our study of Christian belief for established. And man, we did this last night and I'm not convinced that 12 hours went. When did we even leave here? How long have we been gone? I don't know. It's a blur. I <laughs> took my kids to the dentist this morning, so I definitely don't know Traumatic. what's going on <laughs> anymore. It, it feels like it's been a long time but i also feel like i just left here but this is a lot of information to take in you're welcome in a quick turnaround thanks bb the fire hydrant was up and running <laughs> last night just trying to catch what i can but man there's just so much goodness to unpack here when we think about the character of god and so the main idea for us is that god has made himself known to us and mm-hmm. has revealed his character to us though we cannot fully understand every aspect of god he is knowable, mm. and we see this through his communicable and incommunicable attributes. I got a little hung up on it, but it's okay. the more we say it, maybe it gets better. If you come to establish, you will watch me butcher all the words, <laughs> say words, and then butcher them three seconds later. So. See, it's just nice that you're taking that bullet for us. Yeah. You do that so I don't have to. It was to. great. Yes. Last night was a real struggle, like a real struggle. <laughs> I mean, these are some these are some like, tough words. BB. I tried three <laughs> times to say a word I'd said five minutes prior, and just gave up on it. That's <laughs> well, okay. It's okay. Do you ever stare at a word and you're like, I know how to say that, oh, yes. but I don't think it's going to come out right. For sure, definitely. Now that you're talking about this, I feel like we should have reviewed how to say these words <laughs> before we're on the podcast. Well, you know what? We're all about <laughs> theology and community, yeah. and so that means sounding it out together. Yes. That's it. So None of us are perfect. Phonics. Love it. Love it. I was always told you just say it with confidence. <laughs> the problem is my brain doesn't allow me to be confident. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. That'll really do it. So, man, he's knowable. Yeah. But he's incomprehensible. So already off the bat, how can how can we be at peace with 
God being things that sound like they contradict each other. Mm. Just dropping bombs uh, right off the gate. So I think it's important for us to understand, like, I feel like every time we get to doctrine, any, any type of doctrine, there's going to be a moment where we go, this doesn't make sense to my human mind. And uh, so last week discussed Trinity and it's like, we're trying to wrap human words around divine concepts. Right. And so it's always going to be limited, but it's the reality is like uh, knowing someone doesn't mean you like you fully know everything about them. Mm -hmm. So I think about my marriage, like, uh, Lauren and I will celebrate seven years next month. Woo! Come on. Wow. She still loves me. And, but the reality <laughs> is like, we're still, we, we get the joy of getting to know one another as life goes on. Like mm -hmm. with three kids, like there's still stuff to learn. And, and so the reality is like, um, we can't comprehend that fullness of God because that would make us God, but we can know aspects of him. Mm -hmm. And that's why the doctrine of God and looking at his attributes is so valuable because we get to know who he exactly who he is, not fully knowing him, right. but to, uh, to walk in a relationship with him to, and he's revealed these characteristics. That's great. That's great. And I, I think a really important place in scripture to note, this is in first Corinthians two, uh, starting in verse 10, it says that these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths so that these, so, whoa, hello, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have mm. the mind of Christ. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. What do we do with a scripture like that that makes it clear that we don't have the mind of Christ, but because of the Spirit, we know the mind of Christ, right? It, it just sounds so contradictory through it all but because of the spirit like we talked about so much with the trinity we have this access to be able to know god so what what do we do with that yeah i think um one i think it's beautiful that scripture doesn't hide the fact that this is a mystery um that this is like because right before um right before you get to that part uh, we see Paul saying uh, the mature do impart wisdom, although it is the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, we are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Hmm. And it's that idea of like um, what has been locked up for ages has been revealed in Christ, but there's still the mystery to Christ. Right. And the beauty of um, 
Christ has revealed this to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we can rest in that, but also it means that we, that when we get frustrated with not being able to fully understand something, we can, we can go, okay, I don't have to know everything. Right. But then not to give up because it's difficult. And so, to, and then knowing that uh, for the spirit searches everything, like the depths of God. So if I have the Holy Spirit indwelling me, then I have the spirit who knows the depths of God communicating the depths of God to right. me, um, which is a beautiful thing. And so uh, I can know the characteristics of God, even if I don't fully understand them. Right. What do you think, Abigail? Yeah, I mean, when you were speaking about that, like what we, in the book that we were reading, the second Peter 2, 1 through 3 is what came to my mind, that may grace and peace be, mul- be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Like all those questions we have of that we don't know, the mystery side of God that we yeah. don't not yet know, that the Holy Spirit hasn't yet revealed to us. Like we can have grace and peace in that because when we pursue knowing God, he is peace and he is grace and that gives us grace and peace that we can just trust him despite some of the character characteristics or attributes that we might not fully comprehend or fully right. understand because it's him it's a person that yeah. we're trying to know and knowing him brings that grace and peace despite not knowing everything about him that's good right and i think that you you hit the nail on the heads what's so important for us to remember is that we're we're trying to know the person of god right. and when he feels so big, so distant, it feels difficult to wrap my mind around it, which mm-hmm. I mean, like we've already said, he is incomprehensible, but through revelation, as we've already learned about in, in our teaching as well, both generally and in special revelation, he has made himself known to us. And I love the way that Jen Wilkins says it, that though God is not able to be fully known, he's able to be yeah. sufficiently known. And yeah. so I, I can rest and what has been revealed to me is what needs to be known. That's good. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be frustrated in that, right? We talk all the time. We'll say it every single time we get the opportunity. We got to love the tension of this, mm-hmm. that I know what I'm supposed to know. And if he hasn't let me know, it's either not time or he doesn't see fit for it in my heart and my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I've got to be able to trust his attribute that, if he is good, yeah. that it's because he sees fit for me not to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that same way, so as we're diving into attributes of God, these are either communicable mm-hmm. or incommunicable. New words for me. Come on, come on, come on right? I, I know, <laughs> I, I throw them around and I say them and it makes me sound smart, but in reality, I learned these a week ago, yeah. which was epic. <laughs> It's awesome. Love that. So I'm also going to dumb it down um, for the listener that is needing something a little easier to wrap your mind around, such as myself, Yes. Um, that these are either essential or they're relational. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic description. Thank you for that, young Biebs. <laughs> Thanks, Jen <Good> Wilkin. <laughs> <laughs> at BB, at Jen Wilkin. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, so before we kind of break these down, separate them, talk about uh, specific ones, why, why does this matter up front? Why is it important for us to recognize what the attributes of God yeah. are one way or the other? Like, why, why does that matter to you? I think for me, it's important just when I'm reading through scripture, 
it changes my view of reading scripture to just apply it to my life or just know about me or look for things that apply right. to Abigail or how to fix Abigail's problems. But when I know these attributes, mm-hmm. the essential and the relational, relational, it changes how I read scripture because it makes me look for the attributes of God and right. God shots as I read and not just how to fix Abigail, you know, and then learning about God and who he is as we read the Bible is what changes us. It's not things that'll fix me. It's finding God in the Bible. So knowing those attributes and knowing to look for his sovereignty in the Bible and how he's not changing and or his love and his mercy and grace, those are things that end up changing us when we learn more about who God is in the Bible. So that's for me how, why knowing those things are important. That's great. Mm. That's great. And I, I mean, we're going to keep throwing out our girl, Jen, but she's great. I mean, if she's dishing the goodness and we better tell <laughs> it. So another thing that Jen Wilkins says is that any discussion of how God is not like us must begin with an acknowledgement that we are measurable and that he is not. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's exactly what you're saying is unless I first recognize who he is and his own character, like everything that I compare myself to, I'm going to come up short thinking mm-hmm. that I could even remotely touch what God is bringing to every situation. Like yeah. it, it gives me a much more haughty like vision of myself when in reality, like when I come face to face with who God is, it should drastically humble me because I will always come up short here. Mm-hmm. And that's good news for me. Like, yeah. it, like it should never make me elevate myself, but man, these incommunicable. So these essential attributes of God, BB, why don't, why don't you kind of break down this yeah. a little bit? I know we've got a list of them. There are yeah. multiple that we could talk about, but in the pronunciation of them. Would be yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. <laughs> we can but work on that. Take us there. I think, well, before we go through them, I think it's important to be able to define these terms mm-hmm. um, and why it's important that we know them. Yeah. So whether you call it incommunicable or essential or communicable and relational, it's important to know because when we're reading scripture, knowing that we're reading a book primarily about God, right, and then knowing how we can categorize these attributes. So communicable would be any kind of... Uh, attribute that God is and we can we can also be uh, and then incommunicable is an attribute that is alone uh, for God so when we think about uh, why these are important why they matter um, is because we we when we think about who God is so Tozer the quote that we've said before is when whatever comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us right. um, so when we think about God, I want to I want to know that He is, He's independent, like in of Himself. He exists in of Himself. He is not dependent on us. Like I'm dependent on um, things around me to to survive. My children are dependent on me for their survival. God is not dependent on anyone for His survival. Um, so there's a long list. Uh, real quick, just. Do you want me to list them out? Come on. You're the host. You tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> no, I would love for you to list them. Uh, independence. So he's independent. Immutability. Um, eternal. Omnipresent. Omniscient. Uh, omnipotent. And sovereign. It's kind of the list that we have. And uh, there's and you can find tons of podcasts or tons of teaching on all of these. Uh, you might be able to find at some point the established teaching. might 
surface on the interwebs. Ooh, but um, these are these are important to know because these are alone who he is, right. and they reveal his character. Now they will they will rock your mind uh, when you start trying to think about like, for instance, his omnipresence. That God is everywhere present at all times, past, present, and future. Outside of time, inside of time, he's all things. Uh, his imminence, he's uh, fully present in all places. His transcendence, he's completely separate from creation. Uh, th- these realities are like, they can be really hard for us to wrap our minds around, but they're important to understand like, for, for that one, omnipresence. Like, I can't hide from God. He is at all places, which means he knows everything about me, his uh, omniscience. And so it's like, uh, I don't know, when I think about those, these characteristics that are alone God, I I am present at one place. We're in the podcast studio. Mm-hmm. This is the only place, place Brandon Bridge Farmer is. Right. But God is here. So he's in the teaching. He's on top of Mount Everest. He's all places. He's in the country of Sudan, which is a lockdown country when it comes to Christianity. Mm-hmm. But he's also in the most populated Christian place in the world, too. So, um, yeah, I think these are important. I, I also forgot the original question that you asked me. I got <laughs> rambling. No, you're just unpacking it, and, and that's that's the essence. So I would I would love to just, I mean, all, all professional-sounding things aside— and just, I mean, because this is a really professional. Because that's right? what we are. We're, right. we're a very professional group of people. Yeah, I, I figure that's everyone's perception of us. So I would love to, you <laughs> know, for, for you, listener, I would love to just bring that wall down and just get a little more informal, if you will. Yeah. I would just love to hear from each of you what or which of these attributes of the incommunicable attributes specifically mm-hmm. blow your mind the most, whether that's a blows my mind and gives me great peace because mm-hmm. I can't wrap my mind around it or it's a blows my mind and makes me endlessly wrestle in my misunderstanding of it. But would love to hear. Love to hear. Yes. I think for me, I think God's not omnipotence, omnipotence, right? Yeah. <laughs> when I was reading it in my head, I was like, that's omnipotent. But then that didn't sound right. It sounds way prettier, omnipotence. <laughs> so that's glad awesome. that's clarified. Um, and in the book, BB gave us about life's biggest questions. In the little chart, it said, um, God is able to do all his holy will. God's ultimate will is never frustrated by evil. So there is peace and confidence in the face of suffering for those who trust God. Mm. And omnipotence is just... God's ultimate power, right? To do his will no matter what. And so for me, like I find a lot of peace in that just from different things walk through in my life that even with the evil in the world or the sickness or the things that God allows to happen, despite being all powerful, that he ultimately allows it to happen because yeah. he has power to still fulfill his will, even through the suffering. Um, and that ties into so many other attributes of his as well. They just all kind of twine together. But for me, that's meaningful, just that he has power mm. over yeah. the suffering and over the things that come against us or ha- or he allows to happen in our life because he's greater than that and he can still turn it for good and work it out despite the pain and the hurt. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a lot of these that blow my mind. Right. And that are really hard <laughs> for me to, uh, really all of them. Like, yeah. the reality too, though, like when... um 
I, I feel like when God, when God saved me, um, I don't know, he just gave me this ability to see things black and white, right? Mm. So, like, if I see it in Scripture, it's, like, it's just easy for me to go, okay. Mm. Like, it, it hurts my mind. The Trinity, these, uh, the fact that he is omnipresent, like, these kind of realities, like, hurt my head. But I'm like, yeah, they're true. If he's yeah. God, they have to be true. But his omnipotence and his sovereignty, like how those two align. So like God is all powerful. Mm -hmm. He can do all things because he is not limited by ability. But also how that aligns up with his sovereignty, his authority to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that he, uh, um, I can, you, when you think of like what you're talking about, Abigail, like the suffering in the world, mm -hmm. that God has the power to stop it or allow it. Mm -hmm. But he also has the authority to to create it yeah. and um and to and to use it and so I, I mean i think of that too like when we we're not just talking about like he has authority to like cause it to rain or cause whatever but like that he has the authority on who's in power right. romans yep. 13 right let every person be subject to governing authorities for there is no authority except from god yeah. and those that exist have been instituted by god like one, like you think of the context, what Paul's saying here to the Roman church is like, hey, Caesar is in position of authority because God has given him that. Mm -hmm. And the Roman church is being oppressed by Caesar. All of the known world at the time is being oppressed by Rome. And so, right. um, and then somehow in his sovereign will, mm -hmm. which is perfect and good because he is God, he's doing that. So the suffering of the people somehow in God's ultimate authority is being worked. So that like, to me, those, though the so sovereignty of God is comforting to me because if he's out of control mm -hmm. or if he's not like, doesn't have authority over certain things, then, uh, then I'm suffering for no point. Mm -hmm. But if, but if he's in control of it, R.C. Yeah. Sproul talks about like, there's not a molecule loose, right? I yeah. love that quote. Like, because if not, he's not God. Right. And um, I don't know. I, so those those two, I think because they align with one another, his power and his authority um, can be really hard for me to grasp. But uh, right. but also like like a warm blanket. Mm -hmm. Man. I would need a, I also need a warm blanket right now. It's cold in It is the coldest cold. room. <laughs> the, the coldest, coldest. room. Yeah. My jacket's too loud to put on. <laughs> or all you would hear is my jacket. Side note. That was suffering funny. for you, podcast listeners. And and just for the clarity, that sound effect that you heard oh. was not something from the computer that we like pressed a button. That was Good. professional sound effects from Abigail herself. <laughs> what a gift. I don't want to overlook that because that was impressive. That I'm heard work. at all times on these mics. <laughs> she said swish, swish, swish. Special talents. You don't wow. know. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I really love about this list is because I'm incapable of achieving any of them. Mm -hmm. That when we look at this list of communicable things, right, that I can relate to that. So then I want to try and put myself in God's shoes like I could ever put myself in God's shoes. But I want to I want to relate because I want to understand. And mm -hmm. that's what we know is like, if I can't connect with you, then there's this constant misunderstanding. But his incommunicable attributes, they all go together so well yeah. and they don't 
ever feel contradictory. Whereas the other side of the coin with these communicable mm. attributes, yeah. how can God be love as much as the as much as he is? He is the embodiment of love. It is who yeah. he is. Mm-hmm. But he is also wrath. Yeah. And he's also justice, but he's also mercy. And all these things that I think we relate as emotion for us a lot of the time that they just feel like you can't be both. He is all of them Mm. never at the expense of another, but because he is one, he has to be the other. Yeah. It's good. And man, in the book that we're reading by young Eric T one of the things that he says is that considering God's attributes independently of one another leads to unbalanced, idolatrous conceptions of God. Mm. Bold. A biblically integrated understanding of God involves, along with a list of attributes, the work of the Spirit, the whole counsel of God's Word accurately interpreted, the input of church history, and the input of believers from diverse cultures. Like, there's there's layers to understanding God and so much of it is first the spirit has to reveal and then we also have to do the work but to only look at attributes independently and not realize that they are interdependent Mm. we have missed a bigger picture of who God is revealing himself to be to us and it would be shortchanging shortchanging him so I'm looking at this list and it sounds very different (laughs) <laughs> the first list that we read, first off, it's much easier to pronounce. Yes. Yes and amen. <laughs> but because they're attainable and we feel like we can connect to them in mm. some regard, I feel like it has a different kind of weight when we're talking about God. So we're talking about characteristics like love, his mercy and grace, his justice, his righteousness, and his holiness, just to name a few. So from this list when we're desperately trying to understand god connect with god what stands out to you the most or rubs you the most where's the tension lying throwing it up (laughs) just a soft (laughs) lob um i don't to me like i don't feel the tension in these one because uh, now I get that there is there can be tension, right? Um, so maybe I'm alone in that. But I think because He is holy, God is holy. He's set apart. He's completely different. We can be holy. We can be separate from the world, different from those that aren't in Christ. But because He's holy, like when when we talk about His love, to be completely loving would be to have complete wrath, right? Those two cannot be separated because uh, in a culture now that we would separate them, right? To be love is to never say anything that goes against anyone, that doesn't hurt them, that doesn't uh, that doesn't push against their feelings or their their quote unquote truth. Right. Um, but to be loving is to do what is best for someone, and to uh, to stay if you are completely just and you're completely holy and someone wrongs you, there has to be a penalty for that. Yeah. Um, if not, then he's not truly loving. He's not truly holy. Yeah. And he's not truly righteous. Right. So the, the, those things, you cannot take 
the attribute, these attributes of God that we can possess through him, you cannot separate them from one another because then they become, they, they no longer are complete. Right. And I, I shared the illustration, Abigail, I bet you, I, I bet you could feel the same. Like when you held uh, melody for the first time, mm-hmm. like probably experienced a love that you had never experienced before. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for me, when I held Piper, like, yes, br- like, sobs there's a video <laughs> we'll never hopefully see the light of day but you can hear me like ugly crying when she's born ugly crying Sweet. also with everly uh hudson shocked me he came so fast but um and he cried i was like come on man suck it up um <laughs> love it love it but but when i held piper for the first time i also felt that like inside of me i would do anything uh to protect her but also if someone harmed her they would mm-hmm. they would experience wrath mm-hmm. um, in whatever form that I could of course muster up. But w- do you agree? Like yeah, I agree. Those emotions. Yeah, and when you were talking about like the analogy of the parent, like you and Everly and not Hudson but Piper, it just makes I still me- love Hudson. <laughs> I would fight for Hudson. <laughs> like these communicable so attributes, no like when you see them all together, like it just it just helps helps me like knowing that they all work together. Mm in my mind, like make it understand when the bad things of the world happen or things happen because it's not just that instance. It's all of these characteristics working together, like his love, mercy, grace, justice, righteousness, holiness, wisdom. Like we don't know why, but we can just have peace and trust. Like sounds simple, but when you know God more, like that peace and trust comes more naturally to trust those things happening. And just like you were talking about with the love of a father, like, just like in the Bible, like with the Israelites and how, you know, there were some nations that God condemned for destruction. Like mm. that's what happened. But when you see it through the eyes of a loving father, like right. that is why he did it. Not like the wrath was there because of his love for his child. Yeah. And that is how he views us. And so just understanding those traits helps me with those things. that makes me question things like, Ooh, I don't know. Like should a good God do that? But then mm. when you see why and, who he is like we said we don't we'll never fully know but when you get those glimpses of the holy spirit enlightening you to those characteristics in those moments it just helps with the clarity a bit for me yeah it's good yeah i think understanding god's holiness Mm -hmm. has helped bring all of the other things together for me because i mean i'm not super old so I'm, I'm like cranking out this <laughs> just just great clarity for the listener um i'm about to turn the ripe age of 26 so i'm wow. like I yeah know you're 26. thank you abigail thank you so much but like I, i'm right just in, young i know i'm no, no. the prime of your life just a young kels you don't wake up hurting yet i do i do actually i wish that weren't the case no. but <laughs> retired athlete probs i'm very happily retired at that but <laughs> But, you know, I feel like for so long, especially when you're a part of college ministries or young adult things, like it's almost portrayed as though like we can't comprehend the depth of God. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're only going to go surface things. And so yeah. holiness is something that was never really dug deep into. But we're going to spend a lot of time talking about his love, spend a yeah. lot of time talking about his grace and mercy, because I can vibe with that. Yeah. But when I talk about the holiness of God, it puts everything else into perspective for me. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Um, Jackie Hill Perry just wrote a book called Holier Than Thou. 
Shout out. And <laughs> such a good book. Such a good book. And one of the things that she says is that if God is holy, then he can't sin. Mm. And if God can't sin, then he can't sin against me. And if he can't sin against me, then shouldn't that make him the most trustworthy being that there is? Yeah, and what true. I love about that, which the whole book is based off of that question of that thought is all of the other attributes begin to fall in line when I have a right understanding of who he is, which is holy right. mm. because his holiness leads me to marvel at his glory. Yeah. And when I understand his glory, then now I understand that he is righteous when I understand his righteousness, then I have to understand he is also just. Yeah. And if he's just, then that means that he is both wrathful yet loving mm -hmm. because that's how he's executing his justice, right? So we're unpacking all these layers, but they all, while they feel like on the surface, they contradict one another because in our flesh they do. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot also love and show anger mm. In, in a holy way, right. <laughs> right? In my flesh, like I'm not capable of doing that, but in the spirit, like I can have righteous anger. But apart from the Holy Spirit, we're, we're missing the mark where this is just an emotion of the flesh versus it's something that is the character of God. And so I'm going after it the way he portrays it. Mm -hmm. So one of, the, one of the things that I am curious about is how this should lead us to cultivate, I love this language, cultivate a heart of wonder mm. for God's greatness. Like whether it's communicable or incommunicable, but we're looking at this giant list of things. And I don't know about y'all, but when I, I sit and look at this, I'm like, I don't do that. Greatly lacked mm -hmm. that. And it's only 1030. <laughs> and that's never been me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling a little insufficient, which is also good news, but we're trying to be holy. Like he's holy. So how, how does this lead us to have a refreshed wonder mm. about God? I think it's just when you see all of these attributes of God that we just discussed and, vaguely got into because they're just so and there's so much depth to them it just you see how much more there is to know of him and how much more that you don't understand and mm. I think our minds are limited because God wants us to have that hunger of wanting to know more he wants us to know him he wants us he wants to be known he wants us to know him more um and so I think it's just letting that like not letting that hunger just sit but diving after knowing him more whether it's through God's word through discussions and trying to learn more about him with others yeah. through established <laughs> shout out <laughs> always shout out established but just not letting that hunger sit but chasing after it yeah. and yeah. asking the holy spirit to open your eyes to things in god's word about him and to focus on him when you're reading the bible and not mm. picking and choosing That's and good. trying to apply it to your life but reading the bible to excuse me to know god more and in order to love him greater because when we know God's character mm. more we can worship him more purely because we know who he is and right that's good right just affects everything and that's like such a comforting word like um to know that there's no arriving at this yeah yeah so yeah like at 11 20 in the morning we've all failed at most <laughs> of these right absolutely yes. like I did it quite early at the dentist there was not a lot of grace or a yes. lot of love um 
there's a lot of wrath. Yeah, <laughs> I already had to say apologies too. So, you're not so but the beauty in this is like, there's always the next step to take. Right. There's always more that we can learn. Mm-hmm. And the beauty as we learn him, the natural instinct, it has to be the natural instinct. If not, we're not learning about God. Mm-hmm. Has to be affections for the Lord. Mm-hmm. It has to be that we marvel at him and worship him. Yeah. And as we know him rightly, we will worship him rightly. Yeah. And um, and so I would just encourage you, listener, um, if you if you just feel like this is overwhelming, welcome to the table, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, keep going. Mm-hmm. Press into the tension. How can we love and wrath? Like, and then also, like, how do we, we should define, like, we don't have time now, but, like, define love correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we have misused and not appropriately given that word the definition is deserved. That's right. Yeah. Because I love my daughter and my wife, daughter's wife, son, but I also love ice cream. Yes. <laughs> but I'm not yes. dying for ice cream. Mm. And so, like, we have to define those because we have to define justice. What does that mean? It's not just standing for what you think is right. It's standing for what God has called right. That's right. And so, um, but I lean into the tension, always press into the tension because in that, I believe the Holy Spirit will awaken us, um, but also comfort us in yeah. it. And so, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to fully ever understand this, but we get eternity to marvel at it yeah. and to learn more. Man, though we see dimly, <laughs> then with unveiled faces. So yeah. that's where we're going. That's so good. Abigail, any last encouragements to give the listener on going after mm-hmm. the attributes of God? I think, I think for me, like as a listener, because I'm <laughs> to this too. I think for me, it just starts with prayer and just expressing your want to know God more and know so who good. he is and his attributes and asking the Holy Spirit, like we said, to just open your eyes to who he is, whether it's in God's word, in your seasons of life. Um, if you're walking through a hard season, look for God in that season because you will probably see an attribute of him or experience an attribute of him that you may not have fully experienced mm. until you've had to walk through that hard season. Right. I know for me, that's definitely rang true in many seasons of my life. So just look for God in the hard seasons and the good seasons in God's word um, and just seek him. That's good. So good. And I find so much encouragement through these conversations, just remembering that there's good news on the other side of the grind. Yeah. Yeah. That like, like you're saying, Abigail, this, sometimes I have to hurt or I have to, suffer or I have to go through heartache and loss but there's usually something really good on the other side Mm -hmm. and if the only good thing that we got on the other side was that God had revealed something new of himself to us would that not be the best Mm -hmm. news of it all yeah no matter how unideal life circumstances or situations could be for me but to know him is the greatest gift and is the ultimate prize so it's a good word be encouraged that there is always more to know of God yeah. and that there's never a point where you're going to know it all and pray that that leads you to wonder, to absolute wonder, and that it provokes worship in you the same way that the Trinity does, the same way mm-hmm. that Revelation should. And 
that his attributes, knowing him is the ultimate purpose of him revealing himself. So listener, yeah. we're, we're so thankful um, for you taking the time and hopefully you take the time to go deeper. So until next time, get low, move slow and fix your eyes on Jesus. We love you guys. Oh,